Every 30 seconds, Taylor Mike Sell hits another three. We're going to talk about how that happens. Locked on women's basketball starts now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hi there, everybody, and welcome to Locked on Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal, thanking you for making us your first listen every day. We cover the women's game Monday through Friday, everything past, present, and future. Saturday is all about the WNBA draft. We are still reckoning, of course, with the 2023 draft, but we are already getting you ready for 2024. So go ahead and subscribe, podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. And of course, it's not just me. It is the incredible team over at the next, thenexthoops.com, where we cover over 100 reported pieces every single month. Make sure you're subscribing $9 a month, $72 a year, so that we can continue this work. And a good deal of that work over the past half decade has been about my guest today, Taylor Mitzel, who, and I exaggerated a little in the open, (laughs) about how often the threes fall. But I I mean, I I just as a point of personal privilege for you to come into this league on the heels of not just the type of prolific three-point shooting that you've had, but your game at all three levels and where they are, you know, it's going to translate right away in my view. So welcome to the show. I guess the place I want to start is what is the biggest under-discussed aspect of your offensive game, first and foremost? Uh, well, first, thank you for having me. Um, I think the most, I guess, underrated aspect of my um, game would be just my relationship with my teammates and the IQ uh, that I bring to the game. I think uh, I'm able to play with um, a lot of different teammates, obviously being in three different schools. I uh, have seen a lot of different cultures, a lot of different programs and what how programs are ran. Uh, so I think the most underrated attribute would be just um, ability to play um, in different situations. It is three different systems and you've managed to excel in all of them. And if you'll forgive a bit of nerdery, I promised ahead of time, when you arrived at college, when you were at Maryland, you shot 41.1% from three on almost seven attempts. Here we are. And you just completed a season at Ohio state, not just those seven threes in the elite eight, you shot 41.4% from three on almost eight attempts per game. And so I guess the place I'd love to know where it started is where does your shot come from? How did you build it? And what has been the key to having this kind of repetition where the success is automatic? Yeah, my um, I grew up um, just having my dad kind of teach me uh, the basics of basketball. But I mean, he's not a huge basketball guy himself. He's more of a runner uh, and biker. So he just kind of taught me the mechanics just from just from playing in the backyard. That's how he picked it up. Um, and so once I had the, the technique down, I got stronger and then just kind of took his work ethic and applied it to basketball and kind of ran with it. That's so interesting. So he wasn't a basketball guy. Was there a basketball person in your life or was this something that you kind of grabbed early on and made it your own? Yeah. Um, I mean, not really a, a huge basketball family as, as a whole. Um, I had an older brother, a year older than me. Um, so I kind of grew up on a little tight suit playing with him, 
uh, in our basement and we had some battles since we were probably three, four years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was, like I said, got stronger. So we, we started playing outside on a bigger hoop. Um, I think the first day I made a, a shot on a 10 foot hoop was probably like one of the best days ever. <laughs> and so what was the moment as you're growing up where you realize, all right, this is not just something, Hey, I'm enjoying. Oh, I'm good at. This is something that can take me places to college, to the professional ranks. You know, wh- when did that kind of dawn as a realization? Yeah, I had been uh, dreaming about playing basketball professionally since I was really, really young. I mean, obviously the first goal for uh, anybody is, you know, they don't always hear about the WNBA first. They hear about the NBA. Um, so once that uh, possibility of making it to the NBA is the first female kind of lost it's grab for me. Um, the WMA was the next best thing. And, um, you know, after just following it as I grew older, seeing how many talented professionals are playing at the, the absolute highest level. And it's a very exclusive club uh, to be a part of. So, I mean, geez, I would say probably since I was like maybe 11, 12 years old. Do you think watching the NBA is part of why you are so comfortable shooting from anywhere? I mean, the, the three point line is like a suggestion. <laughs> yeah i um i grew up watching a lot of different players i i'm a big kobe person myself but sure. you know i love steph curry and just how much he's changed the game of basketball for people that aren't necessarily as athletic or as big uh size wise that aren't able to elevate over people which kind of fit into my uh realm of skill set so i like to to watch him and take parts of his game and try to add it to my own it's fascinating to me that you have managed, of course, to do that from beyond the arc. But at all three levels, you are a very efficient scorer. I mean, you don't get to the WNBA without the opportunity to be able to score at the rim as well. And in both your final two seasons at Ohio State, you were north of 60% at the rim. Where does that come from? And, you know, tell me a little bit about sort of your development as far as the uh, penetration part of your game. Yeah, I mean, it comes from just hours in the gym and preparation, you know, kind of seeing how I was being guarded and how I would continuously be guarded just for uh, my shooting ability first kind of opened up the lane uh, for myself and for my teammates. Um, So I think as I got to Ohio State, I kind of grew in that aspect of of being comfortable. And I I like to call it my gray area, which is like the mid range and and a little closer. So I think just getting comfortable in that area and continuing to try to evolve. as the years have gone on as has helped me. And I think also just helped uh, my ability to create for other, other teammates. Being able to play for Kevin McGuff gives you the opportunity to have a certain offensive freedom, I would imagine. And, and it's interesting, you know, and obviously you played for Brenda Freeze, you played for Kelly Graves, but tell me about what stands out. Kevin just celebrated 10 years at Ohio state. You guys had a terrific season. What is it about that experience that you're going to take with you? You think the most. Yeah, um, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I did come back to Ohio State was just the freedom that uh, Coach McGuff gives his players. And I was watching people like uh, Kelsey Mitchell and Amherst Alston and people like that that he gave the ultimate green light to, which is something that I was looking forward coming from uh, Maryland and Oregon. But, um, yeah, I think just that ultimate green light with the ability to be able to make a mistake and, and stay in the game and not be able to kind of play through your mistakes and play through uh, getting a rhythm, I think, is something that is like, ultimately really freeing when you're playing on the court. I, I, If you'll forgive the further statistical breakdown, I do think it's important. You talked about playing with teammates, right? And you are a shooter extraordinaire, but 
the ability to limit mistakes is another thing that feels to me like a separator when you think about going to the next level. And this has been no matter where you've gone. You were at Oregon and your turnover percentage was 12.9%. You come to Ohio State, it dips to 9.5 last year, 12.1 this year, despite the fact that you guys are playing at such an elevated pace Tell me about that. Is it the game slowing down for you? Is it, you know, what is it that has allowed you the ability to limit those mistakes despite the fact that you can play at such an elevated pace? Yeah, I think a little bit of having the game slow down. Um, but then I also think just think the comfortability uh, with my teammates, like we got here and was able to build a really good relationship with them pretty much right off the bat. Um, and, you know, having that extra added relationship and chemistry that you have um, kind of helps elevate the um, overall pace of the game as well. And then just being able to be comfortable, uh, knowing that you can make a mistake and won't be pulled for it. Um, and you kind of get to play through it. And ultimately, you, you end up having less mistakes as a result of that. No doubt about it. And, and so obviously, having that confidence on the offensive end mattered. Being able to play in a defensive system as well that mimics what you see often at the W level has to be significant. Just take me through, if you could, the way in which you feel like, and, and again, it manifested itself in your steal percentage, which is the highest of your career, but how much you feel like playing in that defensive system of Kevin McGuff's prepares you for what is ahead here in Indiana? Yeah, um, I think our press was pretty incredible. It really speaks for itself. Um, and I think that's really where, um, I got a lot more comfortable on the defensive end. Um, you know, our press, I think this year generated over 20 points a game uh, just off turnovers. So I think um, we play better as a whole being out in transition and playing fast. And it actually benefited me as well, uh, getting some open looks in transition. So I think um, looking at the offensive side of defense uh, for me, if you can get a steal or get something out easy in transition, it always fares well. Lockdown Women's Basketball is brought to you by Game Time. Look, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. So the Game Time app is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I've got one daughter who is a basketball obsessive. I've got another daughter who is a baseball and theater obsessive. We got a lot of things that we got to go to. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. I, you download the app. This is what I did. And they've got this amazing in-picture where you can see, oh, what's the view from your seat? So I can just you know, show it to one child or another. Hey, would this be a good view? The answer is yes. Boom. Done. You don't even have to plan months in advance, which is also helpful. We've got this family of four, you know. So a lot of times it's, geez, it turns out we do have Wednesday free. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. So obviously here in segment two, I want to talk to you about the fit in Indiana, but it is worth noting playing 76.3 possessions per 40 minutes. You were 14th in the country. Is there just a level of 
um, just a level of work ethic that comes in Ohio State that allows you guys to not just be able to do that, to play at that pace, but to get stronger as the game goes on? Yeah, I mean, kind of pride ourselves on being in 40-minute shape. And, you know, obviously you see adversity injuries hit um, at any point in time. So you have to be ready to step up uh, in those moments. And I think that that just is a testament to um, the work we put in in the summertime more than anything, just being, you know, well-equipped for those um, situations. You know, if you have to play the point guard one possession, the two one possession or the three another possession, you got to be well equipped to do all three so I think just it's a testament to the hard work that we put in all season and then just um having that translate to the game how it translates is going to be fascinating let's talk about that you're in segment two about the fact that and first of all I map quested prior to us getting on we are four hours and 45 minutes from where you went to high school is that correct is that what the drive is going to be like for your family yes it is a big 10 tournament was actually in Indianapolis so they are well um well versed in that drive so was the was the fever your team growing up? Was that the team closest that you could get to? I was trying to do a quick check of geography in my head. It was the closest ge- geographically. We actually never – I have never been to a WNBA game growing up. I I watched a lot on TV, and then when I had been out in Maryland, we went to a lot of Mystics games. Um, oh. But obviously have been following with the success of Tamika Catchings and just people like that that have been – so great for such a long period of time um it's hard to not recognize that and want to to emulate that so i think just being a basketball junkie i mean obviously you watch a lot of basketball so i've I've enjoyed watching uh indiana fever basketball and i'm excited to be a part of that uh, organization is the biggest thrill out of that something like following where kelsey mitchell has gone to you know given you know the legacy she has at ohio state is there some other aspect of it you know whether it's Having Grace Berger right there, you know, somebody who you've done battle with in the Big Ten uh, for much of your career. You know, what are what was kind of the first things that kind of jumped out at you is like the fever in particular as a landing spot for you? I think the first thing that ultimately jumped out of my head was just that, like, thankful that they took a chance on me. I think more than anything, I'm just thankful for the opportunity and the ability to go in there and compete um, and then learn from the vets. I've known Kelsey just in passing from Ohio State and obviously watched a lot of her games when I was being recruited by them in high school. And just it's hard to not love watching her play like her work ethic is speaks for itself. And so I'm excited to, to get in the gym with her and, and kind of learn her way of, of working, too, because I think our work ethics are going to be pretty similar. Um, okay. Yeah. Then I also know Leah. I know Grace um, just from battling against her in Indiana for what four or five years now um so i am really excited it's a pretty young team and i actually have played played with or played against a decent amount of them so i'm excited to to get there you know get to know them as teammates and then get to compete with them so having that experience with Aliyah, obviously you have the opportunity to know that you're suddenly at a team where Aliyah can't be doubled and you can't be doubled right i mean have you guys talked about the fact that you know that no one, and again, if it just goes back to what I talked about up top, no one figured out how to stop you. No one really figured out how to stop Aaliyah. And in both cases, they were throwing defensive schemes at each of you that aren't going to apply here in the pros. I mean, you know, what is that going to mean to be able to have somebody who essentially can pass out of the post to find you and vice versa? What do you think it's going to mean for Aaliyah to know that they just, they can't leave you for her? I think it's going to mean a lot of spacing for both of us and, and the rest of our teammates as well. I think it's going to create a lot of driving lanes still. 
um, and a lot of freedom and spacing within the offense. But we actually did talk about it because, you know, both of us have seen some some defensive, uh, I like to call it junk defense uh, throughout oh. the year. Most people don't usually get to see, but I think at the end of the day, that's actually going to play to our advantage in the league. You get to, if you can play against that and you can keep your cool mentally, you can play against pretty much anything. No doubt. And I'm sure there's reasonable disagreement over which was the best conference last year. But to my mind, it was in fact the big 10. And so to be able to do that there um, is a remarkable thing. Just, you, you know, the way that conference challenges top to bottom, um, I, you know, in terms of, Indiana and that experience, I would be remiss not to point out, you know, it's one thing to get drafted. It's another thing to get drafted and hear Lynn Dunn's voice on the phone when it happens. Just take me through what that initial phone call was like and just your initial impressions of Lynn, who was obviously unlike, you know, anybody in this league mm -hmm. or elsewhere. Yeah, um, no, it was really cool. Um, like I said, the first thing that kind of went through my mind was just like thankful that they took a shot took a chance on me um, and then getting to hear kind of put a, a voice to the, to the face that I've seen for, for years now, even when she was in Kentucky. Um, so just, I think that has been really cool. And obviously I'm really excited to get to Indiana and meet her uh, and meet the rest of the staff and just, just get to work with them. But it's really cool just to, to put a, a voice to the legend. To do what you did in college and to continue to push to find your right fit there, it feels to me like, there is a negative spin put on transferring in a lot of circles. And um, it, it's something that, quite frankly, I find offensive, given that coaches are free to move about the country wherever they see fit. I think there's even a step beyond that, though, here, which is to say that by playing in different spaces and getting different systems under your belt, do you feel as if it has helped you become better prepared for the pros than staying in one place would have? Yeah, I think, you know, the the notion on transferring is, is pe what is people going to make it? You know, no nobody really knows what each individual's situation, what player situation has looked like. Um, so it's, it's easy to kind of throw it all into one spectrum. But, you know, people do, they move for whatever reason it may be. They do a, to move to a better situation for themselves, put themselves in a better situation. So you can't really fault anybody for trying to put themselves in a better situation, first of all. But, yes, I do agree that being in three places have has – actually played a benefit to me and will play a benefit in the league. I think being a part of, like I said, three different cultures, three different organizations, three different coaches, um, and all having really different playing styles and just ways of coaching and ways of approaching the game, I think, and will really help for me uh, just because you never know what's going to happen in the league. You never know who you're going to play with. You never know who you're going to play for, especially with the whole draft process and, and having 12 different possibilities, really, um, I think will definitely play to my benefit. But like I said, I'm, I'm thankful for everything. Uh, that each university provided for me. I think they all provided a specific need for me at the time. Um, and I think they ultimately helped me grow to the person that I am, just bringing me back home to Ohio State. I had a WNBA GM who was not Lynn say to me, I cannot believe that Indiana managed to get the best shooter in the draft at 13. <laughs> I wonder if for you, do you, Use that. Is that fuel to you to be able to say, you know, obviously it's a great opportunity and we know, well, this is a lead with 12 teams. This is a team. This is a lead where what number you get picked doesn't matter the same way that the opportunity to play matters. Mm -hmm. But all of that said, I know different players use different things for fuel. Is it something you plan to use? Yeah, I always try to find ways to, to help fuel me. But I mean, 
I'm very uh, intrinsically motivated. I'm motivated by my own uh, dreams, goals, aspirations. But um, like I said before, I'm just thankful that they took a chance on me. It didn't really necessarily matter the number, uh, more so the opportunity to, to go make a team and go compete. Uh, so obviously we'll use it as fuel, but uh, you know, I'm ready to go. So I'm game one, practice one, I'll be ready to go. Locked on women's basketball is brought to you by prize picks, your daily fantasy game of choice. So how does it work? Look, you pick two to six players and if they go on to score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's you and the projections. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That's right, you. Not just men's college basketball, but women's college basketball. Not just NBA, but WNBA. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy with safe and fast withdrawals. And it's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PricePix app or go to PricePix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. If you deposit $100, PricePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PricePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code LOCKEDON at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. PricePix. Well, that's all for Lockdown Women's Basketball today. We will be back with you, of course, tomorrow. And all week, we're talking to WNBA players, present and future. We've got a big, big show coming up tomorrow, Thursday as well. And then on into the weekend with our incredible WNBA draft crew. Oh, the draft just happened. What are we doing? We're getting you ready for next year's draft. Until tomorrow, I'm Howard McDowell wishing you a wonderful Tuesday. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. It is very hard to conceive of a more WNBA-ready game than yours, and I'm eager to talk more about that and see it in the years to come. But here, just briefly, in segment three, I want to talk about two things, two moments for you. And number one is on draft night itself. Take me through what it felt like. You know, we saw each other in the back room, you know, Mm -hmm. for the press right after. But just, you know, in that exact moment, What's going through your mind? You know, just take me through the moments right after your name is is spoken aloud by the commissioner. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty surreal moment. It's kind of hard to put that into words, but um, I think more importantly, just being able to share that moment with my family. Uh, you know, they've seen everything that I've been through. They've been my rock through everything. Like, um, you know, the first people I call when something good happens. First person I call when something bad happens. Like. They've just really been my biggest supporters. So I think being able to share that with them was was really awesome. Being able to to give them a hug and, and give them a hat uh, that they could rep to was, was pretty cool. But, 
you know, when you're walking across that stage, it's really surreal being able to take a picture with the commissioner, have that jersey. Like, that's something you dream about since you're a little kid. Um, and then I think my, my mind ultimately shifted to, like, let's get to work. Because at the end of the day, uh, that's just a foot in the door. But you still got to do work. No doubt about it. And so how many tickets are you going to need for opening night? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I might need a few. I'm going to have to, I mean, after I handle some business and training, I'm going to have to, to uh, call the uh, ticket office and see if they can give me some more tickets. Very true. Very true. Well, listen, that Indiana Fever team, it's, the tickets are going to be going fast. Anyone who's anywhere in the vicinity needs to go check it out. I want to leave you with this. I wonder, so many of the best shooters I've talked to through the years use visualization. Is that something that you do uh, with your shot, number one, and number two, have you done it yet when it comes to opening night of your WNBA career? Yeah, I think when I was younger, I used a little bit of visualization just because, you know, those experiences that you dream about, you haven't really lived yet. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I like to, to kind of trust my shot through repetition and, and through hard work. I think more than anything, um, my shot mechanics and just how I go about my game has been like engraved in the hours that I put in every single day, every week, whatever it may be. So I think that that comes more from uh, preparation than anything else. But I mean, obviously you dream about these moments, you see them in your head over and over again. So I think I've done both, but I like to, to bank on the hard work over anything else. I, I would just like to stress to my audience that whatever you're doing is working. So definitely <laughs> stick with that. <laughs> Taylor might sell. An absolute pleasure whenever I've gotten to cover you in college. Looking forward to covering you here in the W. We all appreciate your time. To my listeners at home, thank you for listening to Locked on Women's Basketball. Make sure you tune in again tomorrow and, of course, six days a week. Until then, I am Howard Magdal wishing you a wonderful day. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are Locked on Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball.